I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. It's time for another Ask Shauna episode. And in this one, I'm breaking down whether you should take money from your 401k to pay off your student loans and what to do if you're a Mint user. And in case you haven't heard, Mint is going away. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Before we get into the episode, I just want to read an awesome review that I got from Jonathan. Jonathan says, hey, I really like how welcoming Shauna is and freely shares so much knowledge that helps me make smart financial decisions. So glad you made this podcast. You are the best. 
Thank you so much for that review, Jonathan. I am so excited to tell you that you are one of the winners of the $50 Amazon gift card. I'm going to be sending out emails to the other winners. So we've got Jonathan, Lindsay, Miranda, Bryant, and Cecilia. So stay tuned to your email while I will be in touch with those. But to everyone listening, if you've not left a review for the show, I would really appreciate it. Just hop over to whatever podcast player you're listening in, leave us five stars and a review. We're going to be having another fun kind of contest coming up in the new year for reviews. So keep them coming, my friend. All right. This is going to be a great episode. It's jam-packed with a lot of information. I am tackling two great questions in this episode. And the first one comes from Abby. And Abby says, I'm 38 and graduated from college in 2007 with a bit over $40,000 in student loans. With interest, even with years, my monthly payments for my balance today sits at $92,570. I did have many instances of forbearance when I was struggling financially. I'm incredibly grateful to have increased my income significantly over the last few years, and hopefully that will stay consistent for the foreseeable future. I started a 401k with my job in early 2021 and now have close to $40,000 saved. Given that interest just started accruing on my loans, 6.875%, I will be prioritizing making sure this balance does not keep going up. It is empowering having almost half of the balance saved. It is intended for retirement or to use just in case of emergency, in case I were to lose my job, for example. My question is, do you think it makes sense to take out a large amount of that to throw it at the loan balance? This would help me reduce additional interest. I'm still continuing to add to the 401k and also started adding some funds to a personal investment account via Wealthfront. Thanks so much for the recommendation. All right, Abby, this is a great question with a lot of complexity and a lot of things to to think about and, and noodle over. And I'm going to be breaking down my thoughts and what kind of comes to my mind, but I want you to pick and choose what what works for you and leave what doesn't work for you. I think it's easy to just want to vaporize student loan debt. I really understand that, especially when you see it growing instead of diminishing. I think when you graduate college and you see that $40,000 of student loans, you're thinking, okay, $40,000, that sucks, but that amount is going to be decreasing. You don't expect to fast forward and to be now staring down $92,000 of debt. Like the the math, the, the mathematics, the mental side of it, it just doesn't make sense. And I think it, it, this really goes to the mental side of debt, let alone student loan debt, which can cause a lot of anxiety. One exercise I have started doing this year every morning and yes, this does not change your debt, but let's just focus on the mental piece of it, is I wrote a word or sentence to money. I call it my hey money letter. I start every letter out every morning with hey money. And I tell money what I'm mad at, what I'm happy about, anything that day that's on my mind, or sometimes it's just one word like shit (laughs) or something just I am pissed off at you. And it may seem ridiculous, but it's actually helped me a lot with letting go of the negative self-talk and emotions each day so I can focus on the positives and I can create affirming thoughts and I can get rid of all those shoulda, coulda, woulda's thinking around money because it isn't helpful. And you can really stay in just a death spiral 
of all of the shoulda, coulda, woulda's around money. And we can't go backwards. We can't even really go forwards, right? All, all we can deal with is this particular moment in time. So if that resonates with you, try it. I found it super freeing. And it really opened my brain up to be like, okay, I told money what I thought of it this morning, good thoughts, bad thoughts, everything in between. And now I can kind of move on with my day. But my first place to start, which I'm assuming you're, you've already done, is to ask your loan servicer, am I on the best plan for myself? Because there are tons of plans available. I don't even know all of the plans. We've had a lot of experts on the show that have talked about the varying plans that are available, but the best question to ask is of your particular loan servicer to figure out if you're on the best plan. Now, my guess is if you don't have a, a big monthly payment right now, you are probably on a um, income payment plan, which is probably the best plan that is available. But just a reminder for everyone listening who has student loans, make sure you are on the best plan available for you right now. Don't just assume that what you're paying is what you have to pay, especially if it is a huge amount of money that you cannot financially afford every month. So here's the way I think about using 401k money. If you're younger than 59 and a half and you take money from your 401k, you are going to owe a 10% penalty on the money you take out. Plus, the amount of money you take out is added to your taxable income. So if I take out $10,000 from my 401k and I'm under 59 and a half, let's just make this really simplistic. I will have a 10% penalty on that money. So I will owe $1,000 plus that $10,000 is added to my taxable income. So if my taxable income for the year was 70,000, it's now boom, 80,000. What this means is you could owe a lot more tax time and you need to plan for that. And this is the piece that most people don't plan for if they take out money out of a retirement account before 59 and a half. So I say if this is something you're really thinking about doing, you need to work with an accountant to know your tax bill so you can plan for that up front. The worst thing to do is to take money out of your retirement account, have that penalty, have it added to your taxable income, bump you in another tax bracket, have you owe a lot more money, and you don't have that money accessible and then you have to either turn to a credit card for that debt or take out a loan with the IRS, whatever. You have to you have to do something that sort of counteractivates what you were trying to do in the first place. So whenever you're taking money out of a retirement account, I just want you to really think upfront. Now, personally, I will say I have taken money out of a retirement account in in the past. Before I got divorced. Uh, my husband lost, my then husband lost his job and we needed to take money out of the 401k. And yes, we had penalties and fees and everything up the wazoo, but that was something we needed to do for a short period of time. So I'm I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's a bad idea because everything is not a bad idea always, right? A lot of times something is a good idea in the particular moment in time because that's that's the option that you have available to you. So you mentioned also that if you were to lose your job, you have that money in your 401k. Yes. So worst case scenario, you took that money out to pay off your student loans and you lost your job and then you need money available. You can't get that money back, right? You've already used that towards your student loans. Great. You've taken out your student loan and your student loan payment. But if you're on an income-driven plan and your student loan payment is very low, 
essentially you've just used that money to create a taxable liability for yourself and now you don't have any money available to you. So you can't plan for the future. Nobody has a crystal ball. I understand that. You got to make the best choice for the information that you have in this particular moment of time. I just want you to think about it. So you can borrow from your 401k as long as you work at uh, a particular company and that 401k is still active, but you've always got to talk to your HR department for the specific interest rate and terms for you to borrow from that 401k. This is really important. This is different than borrowing from an IRA or a Roth. Most companies will require you to stay at that company until you pay off the loan. So if you borrowed $40,000 from your 401k, you would need to pay or stay, I should say, at your company long enough to pay off that loan. So essentially you're putting $40,000 back in, right? Or let's say you left the company. This is the shocker for a lot of people. Whatever that balance is of the money you borrowed from your 401k, that loan would be due the day you leave your company, which could really suck for sure. So every company has a different policy around borrowing from their 401k, and you got to get your information first. You got to know what you're dealing with. And so This comes back to the mental piece of debt and the mental piece of student loans. I understand that it can keep you up at night and it is probably something that is your greatest financial worry. And so it's really easy to act somewhat irrationally because all you see is this debt and you see it going up and the pain that you feel emotionally, physically, mentally from that debt increasing That's real. That is real to you. You feel that. That is the emotion side of money. And what that does is it it triggers these thoughts. I'm not good with money. I can't believe I made this mistake. I, I would do this so differently. I'm such an idiot. I'm no good with money, right? You create this cascade of negative thinking. It filters into every decision that you're gonna make around money. And I think it keeps you from making intentional money decisions because you're just trapped in this this loop of thinking. So I understand the pain around debt because I myself have been in debt in the past. And I understand how you just want that to go away. And you don't care how it goes away. You just want to vaporize this debt. And so all I'm telling you is not to make certain choices. I'm telling you just to pause just to get the information, just to think about things, just to ask questions. That's all. Just a little little pause, right? Now, there are eight ways to take penalty-free withdrawals from your IRA or your 401k, but penalty-free doesn't mean tax-free. So just if you get around the 10% penalty, that doesn't mean it's not added to your taxable income, right? Important to know. So let's talk about this. Withdrawals from a traditional IRA and a 401k plan made with pre-tax contributions, so you put that money in, you're not paying tax on the money that you're putting in, those withdrawals are then taxed at your ordinary income rate. So you got to pay tax on it, right? Withdrawals of non-deductible contributions, so those made after tax to a traditional IRA or 401k plan, are not subject to the same taxes as deductible contributions, Contributions to a Roth IRA can be taken out at any time. So you can take out whatever money you put into the Roth IRA. And after the account holder turns 59 and a half, the earnings, so the earnings on the money that you've 
put in can be withdrawn penalty-free and tax-free as long as the account has been open for at least five years. The same rules apply if you have a Roth 401k, only if your employer plan permits. So with Roth IRA, if I put $5,000 in, I need my $5,000 back, I can take that out. But if I put $5,000 in my Roth IRA, and let's say my Roth IRA goes to $10,000, and I take out that extra $5,000 in, in, in growth, and I'm under 59 and a half, boom, there's my penalty again, right? So I just, I know this is complicated. I just want to kind of lay that out. So let's talk about these eight ways that you can take penalty-free withdrawals from your IRA or your 401k. One is a disability. So if you're totally and permanently disabled, you can dip into your retirement plan without paying the 10% penalty. If you have unreimbursed medical bills, the government will allow and allow you to take out money from your qualified retirement plan to pay for these unreimbursed deductible medical expenses that exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income. But this withdrawal has to be made in the same year in which the medical bills have incurred. Health insurance premiums. You can take out penalty-free withdrawals from an IRA if you're unemployed and the money is used to pay those health insurance premiums. The caveat is that you must be unemployed for at least 12 weeks. So you'll notice that all of these exemptions they have some sort of caveats or some sort of weird rules associated with them. This is why we need to know the information. Also, if there's a death with the IRA account holder dies, the beneficiaries can withdraw from this account without paying the 10% penalty. You can take money out if you owe the IRS. Uh, the first time home buyer, we've talked about that a lot on the show. You can take money out of your 401k to use as a down payment. You're going to expect to pay a 10% penalty though. However, the money from your IRA is penalty-free. So this penalty-free withdrawal is not limited to first-time homebuyers either. It's homebuyers who have not owned a home in the previous two years. Further, you can take more than one penalty-free withdrawal to buy a home, but there is a limit of $10,000. So that's if you're a first-time homebuyer. The last one is for income purposes. There's a section in the tax code that allows you to take money out of your retirement plan for income, but there are all sorts of restrictions around that. Also, higher education costs. You can take money out from your 401k to cover higher education costs if the plan allows for hardship withdrawals. But again, they're going to be subject to a 10% penalty. So, yeah, it's really tricky to lean on your 401k. You never know what's going to happen. Again, what if you're laid off and you just took all of your money out to pay for your student loans? We've got to know all the information. If we're going to take money from our 401k, we've got to talk to our HR department. We've got to know what's our interest rate. What are the parameters around us taking this money out before we take any kind of action? Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today, and I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses, and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace 
that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, notion.com slash etm. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. So I would instead look at a couple of things. One, I think intentionality comes into play. I would look at your expenses and see if you can make any shifts to add an extra amount of money to your student loan payments to ramp up the payoff. 
I know it's not always fun to cut things out. I fully understand that. I don't normally even offer that advice often, but there's really two ways to better our money situation. We have to earn more or we have to spend less. I mean, it's it's actually that simplistic. So look through things, maybe unused subscriptions, things that you're that you're not really maximizing what you're spending for and see if there's a alternative. Is there is there a better way? Like for instance, I pay for pet insurance for my dog Winnie. And I recently went, oh, you know what? Let me shop around and see if there's anything else out there. So I shopped around. I actually found a better plan that I liked and I was able to save $30 a month. So that's $30 a month times 12 months times however many years, right? That $30 I could utilize towards some other goal. If I have debt I want to pay off, boom, there's an extra $30. And the beauty of this kind of intentional thinking around your money is I still have the pet insurance. I still have great pet insurance for Winnie. I just have a better policy. And so it's like having your cake and eating it too. That's what I mean about intentionality. It's not always just about cutting things out. It's about thinking, hmm, is there a better way I can spend this money? Is there another option available to me? You could also think about putting an extra percentage of, maybe you get an annual bonus. Think about putting an extra percentage of your annual bonus towards your student loan. So if I got a, I'm making this up, let's say I got a 5% bonus at the end of the year, maybe I take one or 2% of whatever that amount is, and I just automatically, automatically send it directly to my student loans. Like I don't even have to think about it. That money is not going to sit in my bank account because if it does, we know what's going to (laughs) happen. I am going to spend it, right? So let's say you have 20 years to pay on your student loan. So a lot of the income-driven plans offer you 20, 25-year payment plans. Let's just pretend. And let's say you did say your interest rate is 6.875. So I'm making this up. There's a lot I don't know. But let's say your payment, if if you're paying at full price, should be around $714 a month. But let's say you added an extra $500 a month on that payment. So your total payment was $1,200 a month. Now, I fully understand these numbers are big. A $700 payment is big. Adding an extra $500 is big. A $1,200 a month payment is big. I understand what I'm saying here, but follow me with the math. You would pay off those student loans by adding that extra $500 a month in eight years instead of 20 years. So we've taken 12 years off. That's beauty. So that just shows you that any extra amount that you add on to your, any debt we're talking about that you add on really is going to start to make a difference. There are all sorts of debt payment calculators online. I will link a couple in the show notes. You just plug in the information, plug in your interest rate, and you can play with this all day long. You'd be like, oh, what if it, I had an extra $100 or $200 or what What if I put a you know one-time extra $2,000 payment? What does that do, Right. So you can play around with these numbers and and see how this changes things. I'm also a huge fan of Student Loan Planner. Uh, Travis, he's been on the show. He runs Student Loan Planner. If um, you want to check out that episode, I will link that in the show notes as well if you haven't listened or if you just need a refresher because a lot of this stuff is complex and sometimes you just want to refresh things. And he talked about this idea that at Student Loan Planner, you can get a custom payoff plan developed by them that it isn't really expensive to do. It's very affordable, but they're really going to help you target your student loan debt payoff. They're going to come up with some calculations, some ideas for you, and um, you know they're going to come up with a, a solution, a plan for you to help 
pay off these student loans much, much, much faster than however many years are are left. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen with student loan forgiveness? It seems like it's going to be a long road and that we might not actually get there. So I think banking on that idea that some sort of hero is going to come in and forgive student loan debt, I think is wishful thinking. If it happens, amazing, fantastic. That is the best scenario. But I don't know if that's happening. And all of the student loan experts that I've had on the show have said the same thing. I don't know if that's happening. So that means that we have to come back to the intentionality. We have to come back to asking questions. We have to come back to thinking about things. And we have to balance that with the emotional toll that debt and student loan debt has, right? Again, I talk about this pause. Just pause. Pause and ask questions. Get your information and then make your choice. And when you make your choice, don't apologize for it. Your choice is your choice. It's your decision. Nobody is the judge of your decision except for you. But the important thing is when you make a decision like this, don't go backwards. Don't say, oh, I should have, could have, would have done something different. You made your choice. You had all your information and that's it. All right, Abby, I hope this has helped you think out this question. I'm sure there are lots of other listeners that have the same sort of question and and trying to figure things out with student loans. So hopefully this at least got you in a position to, to think these through. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. This next Ask Shauna question comes from Jackie. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Jackie says, hi, with Mint sent to close down on January 1st, I am at a loss of what to do. I've been using Mint to help me manage my finances for over a decade. Could you please consider doing a podcast episode comparing and contrasting other budgeting apps so those of us who have to move from Mint can have some sort of insights? Does this also mean I will use all my data that was contained in Mint? Is there an option to transfer the information housed in Mint to another app? The insights of how my money spending savings has changed over the years has been very helpful, and I'm just at a loss for what to do now. Please help. Well, Jackie, I'm so thrilled that you asked this question when you did, because I just have been putting together some notes on this whole Mint fiasco. If you don't know... Mint is really the OG of budgeting apps. They've been around since I think the early 2000s. Intuit bought Mint in early 2000s and they just recently announced that Mint is going away. Like just out of the blue, they're going away and they're going away in the beginning of January. Now, they originally said January 1st and then I think they got so much pushback from people that they said, oh, well, now we're not tied to an exact day for when Mint is going away. And then they said, no, I think now we're, we're going back to our original, uh, original January estimate. So I think there's a lot of commotion <laughs> that's going on over there. And I don't know if anybody actually knows, but I would say you could probably pretty much plan that after January 1st, you will not be able to use Mint. So what they said is that users will be moved to Credit Karma, another app owned by Intuit. And this app was originally created to help you manage your credit score. I've talked about Credit Karma on this show a lot. I, I really like their app. But listen, this is not a budgeting app. You will be missing budgeting features that you're looking for. They don't intend to build out Credit Karma to be a budgeting app. And I think that is such an oversight. I, I don't even know what they're thinking. So they're saying that you can create a net worth chart with, with the data from Mint, but that doesn't help you with everyday budgeting. Like you were saying, Jackie, you really got used to the insights of you know how your money savings has changed over the years. I, I assuming that you're using that to, to chart kind of patterns of, of, of what's going on with your money and really use that to be intentional with your money. And I love that. That is so amazing. And congrats for using an app for a decade. <laughs> I think let's just all give Jackie a round of applause for that because to stay focused on using a tool for that long, especially around money, is really impressive. 
So I did a little digging and I found there are about 3.6 million users on Mint. So I think that's just a lot of people to leave high and dry. And, you know, it doesn't leave people a lot of time. They just recently came out with this announcement and, you know, it's a, it's a couple of months to figure out what you're going to do. And if if you're, if you're using an app, like Jackie, you're saying, you're using this app, you're so used to how this app functions, you're in the groove, then you have to go learn something new. There are a lot of words that come to mind when I think about that, but it is just the most ridiculous decision I think that was ever made. And they're saying that even though there are 3.6 million users on Mint, they're saying that people just aren't using budgeting apps anymore, that people are either going back to Excel spreadsheets or they're probably just not budgeting anyway, that this is just not really happening. So they're citing that there's been downturn trends in people using budgeting apps in general, and they just don't want to put their focus towards that anymore. They really want to put their focus towards credit karma. <laughs> and it it kind of makes sense. You know, credit karma is all about credit scores and um, you know, increasing your credit score means you can go out and hopefully take out more applications for credit, more credit cards, more loans, things like that. You know, there's an in incentive for that, for kind of the cyclical nature of helping you get better credit and then helping you get more credit and then helping you get better credit and helping you get more credit, right? There's a cyclical nature to this that doesn't really exist in a budgeting app. So there was an article in CNET a very respected financial uh, blog, organization, magazine, whatever you want to call it. And there are details that they lay out if you'd rather download and delete your data and not make the switch to Credit Karma. So I will link that article in the show notes. I'm going to just read you off some things that were said in that article. So they said, if you currently have a Mint account and you don't want to transfer your info to Credit Karma, you actually have the option of downloading and deleting your financial data from the service before it expires. So that's really important is before it expires. Mint users who want to transfer their financial data to Credit Karma will be able to carry over most of their account balances, their historical net worth, and their past three years of transactions. Intuit said it will contact Mint users with these details. Now, I've spoken to a lot of people who use Mint and they say, we have not been contacted yet with any of those details. So I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know if they're twiddling their thumbs. I don't know if they're just waiting to the very last minute where then people are in the holidays and they don't have time to do anything about this and their account information just immediately will spill over to Credit Karma. I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is. If you use Mint and you don't want to transfer your financial information to Credit Karma, you can delete your historical data, but the company recommends that you download your transactions first. So if you want to keep a record of all of your transactions, you've got to actually manually download them. Now, Jackie, to ask your question, I do not believe of the research I've done that there is any app out there where you can take your Mint data and you can upload it on another app. Now, I know a lot of the budgeting apps right now, they're highly focused on this because that is 3.6 million users that they would probably love to capture. And so I'm not quite sure if there's going to be features coming out. As I'm recording this episode, there isn't anything yet, but that doesn't mean it isn't 
to come. I think the important information is for you to have your data because you can use your data in a lot of ways, right? You can still chart trends with your data. So here's what it says. You can immediately download your entire transaction history from the Mint mobile app or website. It's easy to download. You simply click or tap the transactions tab in the navigation on the web or mobile app. Scroll to the very bottom of the page. Underneath the final transaction on that page, you should see a link that says export X transactions. X equals the number of transactions you want to, you or transactions I should say you have for your account. So you click that export link and you download a comma separated values CSV document that you can then open in a spreadsheet like Microsoft Excel, Google Sheets, or an open source like LibreOffice, Calc, et cetera, et cetera. So this data will include the information such as transactions, dates, amounts, descriptions, categories, and bank accounts. So you can get all your data. You just need to do that before this change happens. And then you can also delete your data. So if you're like, hey, into it, you've had my data on Mint for all of these years, but I do not want my data floating out there when you're trying to make this transition to Credit Karma. So thank you, but no thank you, right? You have options available to you. If you do nothing, you will uh, then be transferred over to Credit Karma. And I'm assuming they're going to somehow send you out an email and send you out some sort of information about that. They have not done that yet. And then you will be able to use Credit Karma, but you will not have the budgeting features that you're used to. So what are some other alternatives? Well, you may have heard um, my ad for Monarch Money on the show, and I love Monarch Money. I have been using Monarch Money for two years now. So this is something that I really stand behind. Uh, I've recently partnered with them. They're offering everyone listening to the show an extended 30-day free trial. So you get 60-day free trial. I'll link that link in the show notes. It's just monarchmoney.com slash ETM for that free trial. Um, I like that I can not only track my spending in Monarch, but I can also track my investments, my goals. I can manage bills and subscriptions all in one calendar. And I'm all about easy. And after trying all of the apps, I kept coming back to Monarch. I just, I like how it looks. I like the usability of it. And I'm just, I'm really a big fan. Beyond Monarch, there's a few others that I like. You Need a Budget. We've had Jesse, the CEO of You Need a Budget on the show before. And this does take more time. It's more hands-on. You Need a Budget is more hands-on. But once you get set up and flowing, things work really well. So they've based this on what they call a zero-based budget, meaning every amount of dollar, or every dollar, I should say, in your bank account is going to be used somehow. It's either going to go to pay to bill, it's going to go towards debt payoff, it's going to go towards some other goal. So the idea is to optimize every single dollar that you have in your bank account so it is going somewhere. I really love this logic. It's it's how I teach using your money with, with intention is to use every single dollar. So it's not just sitting in your bank account and to really work on reframing your thinking around, I should have a lot of money left in my bank account every month. Yes, you do. But what you should be doing is taking that amount of money and putting it towards all your goals. So you still have that amount of money. It's just getting optimized. It's being used in all the places you want it to be used. And it's beautiful. 
your accounts are growing, your debt's going down, things are going great, right? I love this logic. So You Need a Budget offers a 34 free trial. I will link them in the show notes. Everyone I will link in the show notes for you. You can also check with your bank. Many banks now have an actual budgeting feature or app built in that works a lot like Mint. So the interface will be pretty familiar for you. And um, I, I have a friend who has a Chase bank account and I was able to say their sort of budgeting app that they have built in. And I, I like it. It's, you know, it gives you the information, gives you a little chart of, of how you spent money. You can compare over the, the last month. This month, you can look at, you know, yearly totals. I like it, right? So check with your bank. There might be something available to you. I will say that every app is going to have a flaw. <laughs> There's not a perfect budgeting app out there. There really just isn't. I like to try a few and see what works best for you. I get it, Jackie. It sucks. And especially if you have been with an app this long, you are really used to how this functions and to know that this is going away. It's just it's just another thing. It's another thing to do. And it's when we're trying to make money easy <laughs> and we're trying to work on the, the the mental side of money and our thoughts around money, the last thing that we want to do is to make something more difficult. So I really understand that. But hopefully you try out a couple others. Try out Monarch Money. I cannot really love them. Try out a couple other, you know, there's there's lots of ways you can you can look up best budgeting apps and you can kind of look at screenshots and you can have a feel for what is going to work for you. We all require a different level of complexity. Visually, we're all different types of learners. So see what works for you. But I, I wish there was a great fix. I wish you could take all of your information from Mint and just magically upload it to a new app and everything poof would be there. Maybe that will come. I don't know. I'm really hopeful. I'm hopeful that someone will figure out something. But in the meantime, here are a few options for you to try. So I hope you've enjoyed these two Ask Shauna questions. I'll have a link in the show notes. If you have an Ask Shauna question, hey, send it over to me. It could be small. It can be long. You can give me as much information or as little as you want. You can also stay anonymous. That is perfectly acceptable. But I love answering your questions. And, um, you know, I think through these questions, we all can see like we're so much alike when it comes to money. We are just not that different. And that is a beautiful thing, my friend. If you haven't done so already, I would be honored if you would head over to whatever podcast player you're listening to this episode of right now and leave us a rating and review for the show. And also, you know, share this with a few friends, anybody who has student loans or anybody who has thoughts on Mint, share this with them and, and let them know that there are some alternatives out there. I'll see you back here in a few days, my friend, for a brand new episode.